The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour Podcast with hosts Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. <laughs> no, no, no. The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have a joke, Dave. Dave smells like nougat. Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrose. All right, welcome to a special edition of the Saints Happy Hour Podcast. It's the Draft Extravaganza. As always, we are sponsored by the Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, they have an awesome menu. They have a 50-foot TV. They go there. You could you could have watched the LSU Spring you should Game. Watch, you should watch the draft there. You should watch the draft there. You could have watched the LSU Spring Game. You could have watched LSU Sweep in Baseball. You could have watched LSU Gymnastics. They out, they finished second. Uh Overall, they didn't win the national tournament, but they finished second. The Pelicans, they're awesome, dude. 136 well, draft I, Hold on, hold on. I don't know that we want to be promising that the Pelican House is airing LSU gymnastics. Maybe. I mean, they might have. Someone you know. might go there and get disappointed. <laughs> well, I mean, they'll, I, they'll so. have to wait till next year because the season's over. <laughs> wait, people, they actually have gymnastics on TV? I thought that was only in, like, Russia. No, no, dude. The SEC Network, they got a, they got 24 hours, seven days a week to fill, my man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so the Pelican House, they're awesome. Uh, go there um, because they're awesome. Twenty five seventy two City Place Court. You should support them because they support us. Um, all right, draft extravaganza. Now I'm going to start with this. Well, I guess we I guess we should let everyone know at this point that Brian's on the podcast. Yes, today. Brian is with us. That was Brian from Saint Nation. He's a, a fantastic writer. Uh, Brian, tell people where they can follow you at. On the, on the Twitters. Uh, uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Karis16. Mm-hmm. K-I-R-U-S. So, um, I also write for Who Dat Dish and Saints Nation for Andrew. Ah, nice. So, um, here's my... And we problem. asked Brian on this podcast because he's he, he, he studies the film. He's very he's uh, crazy, into but, but, the draft and process. And the thing is now, you can... You can watch if you're just like a regular old person like Brian. It used to be like you know you had to be like Mike Dettelier and, and pester colleges and stuff for tapes. Now they have websites, man, where you can dial up a prospect and be like, I want to watch all his tape from the last two years. And it's not like coach's tape necessarily, but it's game tape, and you can watch it. And if you know what you're doing, like Brian and Andrew, you can get a pretty good read on on players. But I want to start with this premise, and, and you guys shoot me down if you think it's in, inaccurate. But the New Orleans Saints, I want them to have a boring and frustrating draft. And what I mean by that is I want it to be uh, boring because I don't want them to trade up like the Rams did and give up uh, picks until 2019 for a player or something. And I want it to be boring and frustrating because even though me and Andrew and Kevin are, are all 
yelling and screaming for the Saints to trade down. There's nothing more frustrating on draft day when you've waited two hours for the Saints to pick at 12, and then they're like, oh, they're trading down to 28. And you'll be excited, but a little bit of part of you to be like, God damn, i got to wait two and a half more hours for these jerk-offs to pick. So that's what I want them to be. I want It needs to be a boring, uh, frustrating draft. And I'm, I'll start with you, uh, Brian. What's the one thing that when they're done with this draft, they have better done or it's a failure? I mean, what, what if, what, when, when, it, when they're done Saturday, if, what's the one thing you've got to, they've got to do or you're going to be mad as hell at them? Um, just kind of break it into two, two parts. Uh, number one, no projects. Uh, projects are for late rounds, no projects, which means no Jalen Smith, nothing like that. No players. You know, if the guy's not going to be ready, really ready to start and contribute till week three, week four, I'm okay with it. If the upside is there, if you're looking at halfway through the season and they're not even going to touch the field, no thanks. This is not a team that's in any position to be able to put up with that. And then the other side of it is be smart with the players that you're taking. This draft is deep at the positions that the Saints Good God, Ralph is really slurping on something. <laughs> I know. I have a, I'm, I'm slurping on uh, Jack Daniels, honey. Sorry. I'm inappropriate. In, I'm in particular, and I, and I think all three of us will be in agreement on this one, if by the end of day two the Saints don't have a guard, I'm going to lose my mind. There's day two or, or – Wait, day two is second and third round, correct? Exactly. Okay, yeah, I'm on board with that. This draft is about five, maybe six players deep at guard as far as guys that you could put them in, and I'd be confident you could put them at left or right guard, and they'd be ready to start. Not necessarily dominant, but start and be quality players where I'm not worrying about Drew Brees leaving the field on a stretcher. If that's not taken care of, the draft is terrible. They've got. I I completely agree with that. And I argue with people on Twitter, and and that was my thing. Guard. I don't. Ca- I don't really care about anything else. But when they get out yeah. of draft, they, they've. Andrew, to me, whether they take it, and people were like, "Well, you're saying it's a first round. You saying they should draft a, round, a guard in the first round?" And I repeated, "I'm like, whatever they have to do to fix guard." They better do it. If it means trading down and getting a guy in, the, or, or getting a guy in the second, and getting a guy in the sixth, or getting a guy in the fourth, and getting the guy in the fifth, whatever it takes, they gotta fix guard. And the, the rest of it, I don't really care about. But Andrew, what 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 do you think? What's the one thing? Well, they... yeah, no, I I totally agree with you guys. But I I think you know Ron, uh, Brian made the comment that he was like, if if they don't get a guard in the first two days of the draft, then I deem this a failure. I, I would almost take that a step further. I mean, I, and I'm already, I, I think in some ways they've already failed at making guard adequate because now all of our eggs are in the hope basket of please draft a guard in the first three rounds so we have someone's. St- and Andrew, we just lost Andrew. Still. And there he goes. He he pulled a Dave, Brian. So it's it's one of those things where I'm not even convinced. Like they're so far into guard being bad and having no depth at it that now we're resting all of our hopes on quote unquote Drew not leaving on a stretcher on <laughs> some rookie third round pick most likely. 
And the, uh, so I'm uneasy no matter what. Even but, if they, even yeah, if they draft I mean, I mean, if they don't draft a guy. No, so that's the thing. I, I, I kind of feel like in some ways they almost need to leave this draft with two guys. Um, you know, maybe it's two after the first five rounds or something. Um, but it's going to be interesting because, you know, just looking at the talent, the one guy that's kind of like the consensus to fall in the first. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for. Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This round is Cody White here. That's the one guard that is kind of seen as a, as a low first-round pick, maybe a high second. And he's the highest-rated guard in the draft. You know, after him, you've got Josh Garnett of Stanford. Uh, you've got a couple tackles. Uh, the kid from uh, from uh, Texas A&M um, and uh, the guy from Indiana, Spriggs. So there's a couple guys that are, are tackles that can play guard, and you've got a couple centers that maybe you can draft and move over, like a Ryan Kelly or Nick Nick Martin from Notre Dame. Well, who, so but, Alexander but, is from LSU as yeah. well. He, who, he's a guard. Yeah. Player. Who's who's the guy, Brian? That if I said Brian. You have to stake uh, your draft guruness on this guard, and you and, and the Saints can are they're only going to get one guard, and who would you want if you if I said they're only going to draft one of them? Who do you want? Garnett. Garnett. No hesitation. Joshua Garnett out of Stanford. You would rather him over Whitehair? Yeah. Better athlete. Much higher upside, just as smart. Um, the only reason white hair is, and, and this is my opinion, but the only reason white hair is, is rated a little bit higher than Garnett is because he was better at guard for longer and he has more position versatility. But if you look at just last season at the two of them, Garnett was dominant. I mean, when he started going downhill, people got tossed aside like they got hit with an F5. And here's the here's the thing here's the thing with the Garnett the, the Garnett the guy from Stanford is um, the reason why I think he is very very much in play for the Saints especially if they trade down or in the second round is because last year they picked Pete and they were watching mm-hmm. film of him all last year. Yep. So they might already have a built-in sort of conscious or subconscious bias towards him already. 
And my question to you both, mm-hmm. Andrew, I'll start with you. Do you think he will be there when they're on the clock in the second round? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think he absolutely falls. And that's not an indictment of him as a player. I just think we, we've seen this countless times. Guard is just not viewed as a, 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 a – there's a chance he'll fall to the third round. No, people um, flip – Mel Kuyper and uh, McShay and all the – they flip their lids when people take guards in the first round. Like, yeah. They really – they yeah. really do. And they and the thing is, like, I mean – I wouldn't give it a huge chance, but I could see that like like my dream scenario, Brian, is that the Saints would trade from like twelve to twenty to like twenty six and just like stockpile extra third, fourth, second round picks or whatever, and then take a take a guard like at twenty eight. And and ESPN would flip yeah. they would flip their lid because they'd be like, Saints need defense. Why are they picking guard? Why are they picking guard? But um, yeah. I mean, I th- I think I think it's definitely possible. Is there any chance? There, to say- there, there's there's one other guy I just want to mention real quick, and that's Christian Westerman of Arizona State. And I've got a mock draft that's going to go up this week, and uh, I'll give you a spoiler alert that that he's my third round pick. Um, but he's a guy that he's a little lighter in the pad, so he will maybe need to add some weight. But for his weight, he's just under 300 pounds. He is incredibly strong, and if you look at the combine. Uh, his his measurements in terms of strength are off the charts, and he's an incredible athlete. I mean, he's a guy that can pull, and the Saints run so many screens, and, and being a zone offensive line, they need a guy that can move. Uh, they need a guy that's versatile at guard. Uh, that was always Jari Evans' stock and trade when he was lighter yeah. and, and it, when he was healthier. And so Westerman's a guy I look at. If, if, if for some reason – in the first and second round, they go defense with both picks, and they are left in the third round, and they're like, we still don't have a guard. Westerman's a guy I keep a close eye on. Yeah, and another thing I think, you know, with the Saints, you know, we've, we've all agreed that we really kind of like their the free agency, kind of what they've done except for addressing guard. We like the fact that they went in the bargain bin and signed a bunch of different guys at linebacker to sign uh, fairly, uh, but they gave money to Fleener. But here's my question, Brian, and I was fighting with people on Twitter. They're like, you know, now that the Saints, they – they added uh, uh, Farley, and they have uh, Jenkins, and they and they have they can bring back Kevin Williams. You know they don't have to draft a defensive tackle high. You know, and I would be like, do you realize that all three of those defensive tackle are on one-year contracts, and they're all going to be free agents? Even if, if they bring back Williams, they're go- they're they're going to not have any defensive tackles signed for 2017, except for like Bobby Richardson and, and the rest of the garbage bin. And they're like, oh yeah. So I think. Besides guard, like they gotta got they gotta get at least two bodies at defensive tackle. Would is that is that crazy? Not not at all. I mean, and, and just just for those people, I mean, this is arguably the best defensive tackle draft in in over a decade. It's not just the depth; it's the talent. This isn't just, oh, there's a lot of somewhat good guys. There's going to be a defensive tackle taken in the third round this year who probably would have been the first defensive tackle off the board last year or wow. on a lot of other years. Wow. It's that deep. It, it just it happens every now and then. Do you th- players do you... don't come out, and, and it, it just compiles in one year yeah. at a position. I mean, edge is light. You know, edge is not very good in this draft. Um, tight end is you, awful do, in this draft. You, but terrible. defensive tackle is amazing. Do you, th- th- you know, one of my favorite things, and you guys can come to this, is I love when, like, like three years later, like Mel Kuyper and McShay will do, like, a redraft. 
is defensive tackle so deep that this draft that there is a legitimate possibility that when Mel Kuyper does his 2016 redraft in 2019, that a defensive tackle taken in the third or fourth round is a top five guy in the redraft. I don't know about top five, but top 15, top 20, absolutely. 100%. It depends on a couple of players could fall. Um, I, I brain farting on his name. There's a player out of uh, Louisiana Vernon Tech, Bu- I think. Vernon Butler. Well, he, if he, he could goes, be late first round at this point. He, he could be late first round or any way to the third. But yeah. um, he, he's on a list of guys who have a range. Mm-hmm. If he falls or teams aren't willing to take that risk, I'll, I'll put it this way. Teron Armstead went in the third round because he played in a small school, even though his measurables and every other part of his game said this guy's a top ten pick. He's a freak. Well – couple of years later, if you redrafted that draft, there's no way in hell someone's not taking Armstead high because he's phenomenal. He had one leg last year, and he still was just destroying people Yeah, and literally could barely walk. It's funny. I'm looking at the top defensive tackles on NFL.com, and, and number two is Nick Mdiche. Um, and there's just, there's just so many guys I would rather than him. I don't, the thing about Take the hotel room out of it. The guy sucks at football. He's a great know. athlete. He's clowny 2.0. He's got a few unbelievable highlights. When he's at his best, he's unbelievable. What he did to Alabama was disgusting. But he kind of just but, zones in and zones out, right? He's lazy. He's even admitted he does not give full effort all the time. His technique is shit. And the problem is, at the NFL level, he's a tweener. In college, what made him so unstoppable is he literally could play anywhere on the line. You never know where he is, and no matter who he's against, he has some kind of mismatch. At the NFL level, that doesn't happen as much. Yeah, You're putting him I'm against tell- a tackle. I'm telling you guys right now, I, I would take Vernon Butler over him. Over him. Oh, yeah. no question. Yeah. I-, I wouldn't touch Kim DJ until, I don't know, late second round, personally. I think uh, – j- Just from the lazy comment. I think like the player admitted it. Uh-uh. I think Incam Dici is going to be sort of like comparable to – he's not going to get picked as high as this guy, but he's going to be sort of a similar player to like uh, Big Daddy Wilkerson for the Bengals. Yeah, I where like see that. He, 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 he wasn't nearly worthy of being picked number one, but he played a really long time, and he was kind of – Good enough to be a rotation guy, which if you're picking like late first, early second, and you get that out of in Camp DC, that's 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 pretty good. But his his thing is he's kind of not the, the 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 smoke smoke the fake marijuana and fall out a window or jump out a window. Um, that's bad enough. But but I'll chase the butterflies. Yeah, but almost almost worse is that he's odd in that like he plays the saxophone and he has interests that are like outside of football and people like like brian said he's kind of lazy and that almost freaks teams out more than the fake pot because they worry about what what happens when we give him millions of dollars is he just not going to care for three or four years and then be gone like um but i I guess the the thing is with with you guys at defensive tackle um and we'll talk about this with other players, but but who's a guy that Andrew? You look at him, and he's uh, 
teams, pe- people, McShay or, or, or Cape or whoever, they love him because of his physical attributes. But and, and I don't watch any film. Mm-hmm. I, 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 great, I freely admit it. I just I read Mike Dettiglia's book, but I don't watch any film. But one of the things mm-hmm. that, I, that I always think about the draft is I hate when teams take a player, especially from a major college team, and he couldn't be awesome in college. But they're like, mm-hmm. dude, he's 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 got the perfect frame to play defensive tackle. He's got everything you want. And I always think, well, if he's got everything you want, why was he mediocre at Georgia? Why was he mediocre at LSU? Why why do you think a guy that's not awesome in college is suddenly going to be awesome in the NFL? And who's got who's guy at defensive tackle? Because I really think the Saints are going to draft a couple of them, maybe two or three. Who's a guy that, that you look at and you're, it's like it's like that? You're like, man, he he looks like a great defensive tackle, but he just doesn't do it um i would say adolphus washington of ohio state um you know nick and i think falls in that category to category too but i just think of washington as a guy that you know he's flashed and he's looked good at times but i, I just think he's grossly overrated and he, he's kind of a guy that's in the mix you know you've got like your your billings and your your Jaron Reeds and your Butlers and your Chris Chris Jones and he's maybe a notch below those guys. You know, I'd put him in that Austin Johnson and Kenny Clark territory. I want Chris um, Jones just for the jokes. Oh, he, Washington's yeah. nowhere near Kenny Clark level. Yeah, Kenny but Clark's I mean, I, I, I think Chris Jones is is a that that's another name that we we've just thrown out there. But all joking aside. I mean, the jokes are important, Ralph. I the agree jokes you, are but, important. It's all about the jokes. But but Chris Jones, I, I put him right up there with Vernon Butler as just a guy that, from a performance standpoint, quality, ability, that that's a guy in the second round that I'm looking so very that's, it's a win. At. It's a win-win. You you draft geeks that watch all the film, you'll be pumped, and I'll be pumped. So we can like that's hold right. hands and sing Kumbaya as we make dick jokes. Yeah. Chris Jones, <laughs> come on down to New Orleans. So, so, Brian, who's a guy on defensive tackle that – is that you that maybe when you watched college football in 20 during the season in 2015 or for whatever reason is like sort of fallen out of favor or fallen out of love and you're like man people they're losing they're 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 losing their mind this guy he's he's still awesome the Saints should pick him even though he's maybe fall quote unquote falling at defensive tackle I, I don't know about falling just because he's never really gotten the hype but um, it, it's Andrew Billings out of Baylor for me, and Andrew and I have talked about him a little bit before, um, and he's a little he's a little bit raw. And I went and watched some of his film just a just a little bit when I when I was doing some uh, some draft profiles and stuff, and and I like the player a lot. And if we're talking measurables, I think he, he could be ceiling wise. I, I think he's got the highest ceiling of any defensive tackle in this draft. Mm-hmm. Do we but want do we want high ceiling what, high ceiling guys or high floor guys? But preferably both, but I I'm much more interested in a player who's got a higher floor. It's really it's it's about the ratio to me. If, if he's got a pretty high floor, yeah. and then yeah. has a moderate ceiling, I'll take that over a guy who could be a bust or could be phenomenal. Like Kim I, I like I like Billings, good. but I like Billings, but that's the reason personally why I wouldn't take him. It scares me. Like I, I don't want a guy. Right now, this defense just – they cannot afford – and I'm not saying that Andre Andrew Billings is going to be a Stanley Jean-Baptiste pick. I'm not saying that. He's a project, but he's not a project like that. I think he's going to come in. He, he can play day one and, and make an impact, but I, I just 
Um, raw players make me nervous right now. That's not what the, the thing Saints that need. Me, and, and, I, and really, it's less about the guy. It's for me, it's more about the coaching. You know, and, and real, real quick on that. Um, on Billings, I went back and actually watched about five or six of his games on Draft Breakdown. I actually don't think he's that raw. Yeah. I think he played Here, for a bad defensive coordinator. Yeah, here's the thing. A lot here's the thing. It. You know, with with with. Uh, with the Saints, I, you know, we'll predict what we think they'll do and all that at the end. But the one thing I try to do is I try to look at Jeff Ireland and I try to think, look at look at things that he's done in the past. Because if, if you can say, well, he picked this kind of player, that may inform what he's going to do with the Saints. And he, one of his last major moves that he did with the Dolphins was he traded up for Deion Jordan from Oregon. He moved Ugh. up from to second, and that guy was. A measurable was a was a trash heap, and he was a measurable guy. So that concern that's a concern for me with Ireland. Although he did do better than the Saints have done in many years in the draft last year. Um, and every GM strikes out, you yeah, know, no, half the time. The draft, the draft is is if if you know what you're doing, you're not even good half the time. Like Bill Barnwell had an article this week. He said, you know. The Steelers had like the arguably the greatest draft in the history of the earth in like 1974, and they picked like four Hall of Famers. And the next year, they got no starters at all. So like it, it's just a total crapshoot. So the next position on the defense in this one's a this one's an interesting one, Andrew, because the Saints they they went to Costco and they went bulk and they got a bunch of linebackers, and we aren't really mm-hmm. super excited about any of them, but we are super sort of excited about the quantity of them, but. Mm-hmm. Do you think they'll do something at linebacker with all the holes they have? Yeah, that, that's the thing. You mentioned all the holes they have, and I think <laughs> they they picked up all of those linebackers so they wouldn't have to draft one. It doesn't mean they won't. I think if Miles Jack falls to 12th overall, if, if, if you know the fact that he didn't run at his pro day and he didn't run at the combine, the knee injury, the, the concerns that surround it, if he falls to 12, man, that's something you have to seriously consider. And I, I, I think it's one of those things where I, I probably make that selection. Oh, God. Um, but, but I think outside of that, unless something falls to you that's just so appealing, um, you know, I, I probably stay away from linebacker until the fifth or sixth round uh, to make sure you address the other positions. Brian, do you feel the same? I completely agree with Andrew with one caveat, and it's the player he mentioned. It's my personal opinion. Um, Andrew saw what I wrote a few days ago. I think Miles Jack is the best player in this year's draft. Take your and that's Jalen Smith is healthy, and I think I'd take Jack over him. Really? And yeah. How Here's is his the knee, bottom line? What's his medical on his knee though? Does it? Are we more concerned that he's not running, or what? I mean, from what no, I've I mean, heard, he, he's he's had a meniscus repair. I mean, and, the, and the, he had surgery on it. Um, you know, that's an injury that Chris Paul had. Uh, Chris Paul elected not to have surgery on it, and that's usually best for the short term. You can play on that injury. Uh, worse for the long term, not to have the surgery. Um, but uh, obviously, Chris Paul is fine. Uh, basketball is a little bit oh, different of a sport. Isn't tackling people. Be- no, I agree. Would actually be, uh, Russell Westbrook had the same injury yeah. um, okay. a few years That's ago. That's fair. He, tremendously explosive. Do you think he'll drop yeah. to 12, Did, though? Step. 
I don't see. I, it. I don't. I, I don't, I I don't think he drops, but I, I think if if there there was zero chance until he didn't run at his pro day. Now there's a glimmer of hope. Do you think the Saints? Do you think I the think, Saints I would? Think move What's that? I think they'd move up for him if he I got was, to seven or eight. Ooh, I think Lord. they'd do it. Me and Hell. Yeah, I don't want that. That's where I draw. I I, I take Miles Jack at 12. I do not trade up for him. I had a pinned tweet for about a month, and I said, repeat after me, there's no player in the 2016 draft the Saints should trade up for. And that was my pinned tweet for like a month. Uh, But people people just don't want to hear it. Um, So we've talked linebacker. Uh, Defensive end is another thing. I think they need it badly. Um, I don't know where it ranks on the need scale, but and we talked, you know, Brian, you just talked about how the defensive tackle draft is so deep. What what's with what's that end that 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 can that can pl- that can either plug and play and be a starter or be a rotation guy right away? Because they need that more than anything. It's just guys, rotation guys that can play that are drafted and aren't f- undrafted free agents. Plug and play. I think there's three. Uh, that would be worth a first or second round pick. Um, there's a couple of guys that could be situational pass rushers, um, and then there's a lot of guys. Right. But the Saints already have a lot of that. Exactly. Yeah. The top three would be Joey Bosa, who there's no way in hell. I mean, if he made it to 12 on a miracle, I, you, you just he's, take him. He's the white it, cam. The discussion is over. You take him. He's the white cam Jordan. That's what he is. No, that, Joey Bosa is in a completely other stratosphere. I don't think. I don't. I don't think so. I think. I think he's gonna be. He's gonna be Cam Jordan. He's gonna be really good at a bunch of stuff. Great at nothing. Which, and Cam Joey Jordan's Bosa not, was beating triple teams last year. We'll see. Literal uh, triple mm, teams. We'll see. Cam, I, Cam, Cam Jordan has never seen a triple team because he doesn't require them. Okay. We'll um, we'll, we'll see about Noah that. Spence um, with the the whole ecstasy thing. Uh, uh, yeah. He. Now, the question is, is he clean? If he's totally clean, the talent level, man, he can play. Yeah, but they stayed away from – Reg- they stayed away from Reg- – what was his name? Gregory last year? Yeah. So, I mean – Gregory's was more recent, though. I think – I'm pretty sure uh, Spence's true. was two years ago. Spence yeah. also had an awful combine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and actually, I, I I forgot one guy. There's there's four. The third is Shaq Lawson, and I think he's not only the safest pick. I also think he's the best fit for the Saints, um, short and long term. He he's ready to go now, and he he could very well have a double digit sack season as a rookie. But beyond that, he's almost as good against the run as Jordan is. I think Ogba's the. Ogba's, Ogba's the one I forgot. Ogba's number four. Will Austin be there and, at twelve? You think? Are we are we going to be another one of those years where like they get nipped right at like ten or eleven? The guy we Sh- Chicago's at eleven, right? No, Chicago's higher than that. Chicago's like okay. eight. I th- I thought. Let me pull up that. Well, eight, eight's, eight's Philadelphia. Yeah, because um, they right. traded they traded with uh, Miami, I think. Um, seven is San Francisco. Um, so Chip Kelly will trade someone that uh, he'll he'll get someone that he'll trade them two years from now. I um, think the Giants at ten desperately need a pass rusher, and that's a very possible destination for Shaq Lawson. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely could be. Um, and then nine uh, is Tampa Bay in Chicago, um, and he, I think he's the best defensive coordinator in football. If he can get his hands on a dominant end, he'll absolutely take him, especially if he's the de- best in the draft, which I think he is. But 
Um, well, second best. But I, I, either way, he could make it there. But I mean, I think it, it's kind of. I think it's kind of. I think it's fifty-fifty, honestly, yeah. with Lawson that he makes it. And here, here's the thing that's tough with Edge. Um, pass rush is obviously a need for the Saints, and if you don't get one twelfth overall, and so really we're talking about those guys that Brian just mentioned, Bosa, Lawson. Um, you know, Spence, I, I, I don't take Noah Spence 12th overall. There's just too many red flags, too much concern. If he had killed it at the combine and he had a great interview with the Saints or whatever, maybe that changes things. But based on his performance at the combine, he, he really needed to blow us away, I think, to kind of ignore yeah, some mix, of the warning and signs. And it's a mixed, you know, the Saints to me, me, me and you, Andrew, are kind of agreed. They, they, they've decided after 2014 that they're that they are staying away from red flag guys. They just are. Yeah. Until until well, well, they are doing their homework with Spencer. Yeah. They they've taken him out to dinner and they're bringing him. So they're they're giving him due diligence. No, I mean for they, sure. drafted, they drafted um, PJ Williams last year in the third round. He had a, he had some yeah. off-field issues. So I think they're, they're, what, did, what did you say? You know, there comes a point where the the the, risk, the value. Yeah, the value kind of outweighs um, the risk. That's right. That's so, right. but but here's the interesting thing, uh, Brian, with this what what uh, Ireland did. Well, no, well, hold on. So, what I was going to say about pass rusher is that later in the draft, see that that's the thing. Like guard, you can get one in the third round. Defensive tackle, you can get one in the third round that can contribute in year one. If you don't get Shaq Lawson at twelfth overall, you're not going to get a pass rusher later in the draft. I mean, you've got guys like yeah. Nassib. Um, you know, oh. you've got. Yeah, Ugh, you've got the guy – like guys that were really productive in college, but you're not really sure how it's going to translate. And you know what they're going to be. They're going to be a Guachim or an Etabali, a guy that comes in on third down, has explosive pass rush potential, but doesn't really give you that every down play. Yeah. Um, and the thing – the interesting thing about Ireland is last year he took uh, Kikaha, who his measurables were god-awful, and the sack-seer thing that I really like that um, – Pro Football Focus. Basically, they crunch all of your measurables and they compare it. They can crunch your measurables and your college stats, and they try to predict who's going to be a good sack artist. Sometimes they 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 whiff a lot, but they hit on like JPP and other people. Um, and last year, their their best guy was Tull, and their most overrated guy was Kikaha, and the Saints took them both, which I, <laughs> which I kind of I kind of liked actually. Um, but, uh, you know, we were arguing, I think, and, and Brian, I think you uh, joined in on this argument. We, me and Andrew were having kind of Friday. We were talking about, you know, the Saints have all these needs on defense. Like, where do you where do you not fill a need? And one of the things, one of the one, the possibilities of where they don't need to fill a need was corner. That was my choice of, like, you know, I don't feel great about corner. They have Swan. He's injury, he's injury prone. P.J. Williams red-shirted last year because he was injury-prone. We know with Keenan Lewis, he's been injured the last few years, but I feel like if they can get, stay relatively healthy, they could be okay at corner. So are you? would you be okay if they filled a bunch of other needs and didn't draft a corner? If they take a corner in the first two rounds, I'm going to use a whole lot of expletives on my next podcast, <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> even if a it's like, whole lot. Even, even if it's the best corner in the draft? Well, the best corner in the draft isn't going to make it to them. But honestly, I don't see a Marcus Peters in this draft. I think Jalen Ramsey's the closest thing. Here's the problem with rookie corners. Ramsey, mark my words, Ramsey is going to be awesome. 
I, I, I agree, but there's that no guy is a beast. I don't want to cook corner for two reasons. The first is rookie corners almost always suck. The yeah. only time they don't is when you have a player like Marcus Peters who has through-the-roof ability and they end up in a great situation. He already had a great corner uh, opposite him and they had a great pass rush. Or he's Delvin so, Bro and he's played pro football already. Well, and Exactly. Mm. And so he's already seasoned. He's not really a rookie. It's just his first year in the NFL. And there's a huge difference. Yeah. There isn't a corner that would have any chance of being there at those at 12 yeah. or 47. I want anything to do with the other side of it is looking at what you have on the roster. Like you mentioned, like with Swan, if it was other injuries, I'd be worried about it. But with concussions, Vaccaro had a couple his uh, rookie year. I'm pretty sure hasn't had one since. Like concussions are just so hard to predict. Yeah, I'm not to call him injury prone yet. Like Keita Lewis is injury prone. If he could ever stay healthy, him and Bro would be awesome. But we're not going to count on that. But P.J. Williams, number one, I, I had him as, I think, like my second or third best corner in the draft last year. But – Delvin Bro singing um, his praises. I, I talked to Nick on uh, our podcast – the podcast I run uh, a few weeks ago, and, we, and I was asking about P.J. The guy was walking around perfectly fine, like early in the season. He got redshirted. It had nothing to do with him being hurt. This was a classic Sean Payton. I want this kid to sit down, develop work in the film room, and be ready for next year. And I'll put myself on a, out on a limb. I think that P.J. Williams will be the number two corner by the end of next season. Ooh, mark it down. Andrew, we have a you guys board of bold predictions. Throw something at me for that one if I'm wrong on it. Well, here's the thing. I trust I you because was, you – This sounds like another Twitter bet, Ryan, Brian. It does. But but the thing we is – The thing is, Andrew, he's got cred with me because he was – the Marcus Peters fan club last year on the on the on the draft extravaganza, and that was just. I think Marcus Peters was even better than Brian thought he was going to be. Like, yeah. So like <laughs> when he said when he said when he talks about corners, I like because I remember that I, I listened to his, him more about it than other things. But so you don't I'm, you don't like uh, Hargraves, Brian. I like Hargraves. I don't. Th- Here's my issue: is I don't think he changes the defense. Because of it, – it's just the the geometry of the field. Your defensive tackle is weak, so they're, they're able to attack the short and intermediate area because of the weak side linebacker and defensive tackle all last season. They actually had a good secondary. You know, Injuries destroyed it. But even with Browner, when you have to go and try to prevent five different things at once because you have five holes, there's guaranteed to be a spot. That's open. So teams just waited for that spot to come up, and then they hit it. Yeah, I just feel and like Hargreaves, you can, Yeah, he can, doesn't fix that. You can, you can, you can, you can patch a secondary together if your front seven is good. But here's another. But, it, but it's not going to look, be. Look what no. Carolina did. They have one good a corner, and the rest of their secondary no, is a trashy. True, which, which comes to our next point. Which me and Andrew, we we uh, some days when I guess we're bored and we don't feel like working, we'll just argue on text, and we get really salty. <laughs> Because you know we're not as salty necessarily on Twitter, but I was talking about safety, and we were talking about the the, the, the positions that you can't fill, and some some kind of way it got into safety, and 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 Andrew was like, I was like, if they have one injury at safety, they're fucked, but I feel like they have so so many other needs, and Andrew texted back, he's like, so you're cool with Vinny Sinceri starting at safety, <laughs> and I was like, damn, Hell that's no. I was like, that's cold, and it's true, <laughs> like Andrew, like they had Bush went down second quarter against Arizona. 
but they were deep enough at safety to at least it, it wasn't like it was bad, but it wasn't like a gaping hole. Now, an injury. No, well, they had they had to pick up Kenny Phillips off the yeah. street. Remember? No, but now, this year it's worse. Like, and they have Jairus Burke, yeah. who's always hurt. So, like, an injury at safety screws them so hard. So I yeah. feel like they've they've got to get a they've got to they've got to they've they've either got to get a safety in the late part of the draft or they've got to go, they got to go hard at an undrafted free agent that's like they had rated as yeah. like a fourth or fifth round guy because I feel like they got you know they got Sammy Knight he was undrafted and he's he he's was a great team I feel like you can get a safety late and you could be okay. Like the good news the is I think safety, you can get a good one late. It's kind of like guard because I feel like the safety position in some ways has been devalued a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason for that is you know, because the game has become so specialized um, and it's become such a passing game that you're seeing running backs and tight ends catching more balls than ever. And so what teams really want is the light linebacker. And you, that's why you see guys like – Deion Jones and Darren Lee, guys that probably would have never made it before the fifth round um, in the old NFL in the 80s and the 90s. Yeah, I mean, they might have not made it to the seventh round. They might have not been drafted because teams just didn't value little linebackers. The the, the thumper linebacker that was just great against the run and can't really cover and the thumper safety, they're kind of going extinct. That's right. That's right. And so now they want these they want these specialty linebackers and these specialty corners that can come in in a nickel or dime situation and be able to cover these backs that can all catch now and these tight ends that can stretch the field. And so, you you know, it's one of those things where safety is is just I I don't want to say it's extinct because um, you're you're always going to. But the safeties that are going to be valued the most are not the thumpers. Uh, they're going to be the most versatile kinds, so, uh, the ones that can help you on special teams and do all kinds of things, like like a Raphael Bush. Yeah, and so, those and guys like that just don't go in the second. So round. Brian, who do you like? It's who do, who's a safe? Who's a safety that you like? That's like a guy that's like a fourth or fifth round guy that may get picked there or may not get picked there at all and may end up being an undrafted free agent. Is there is there a safe a guy at safety there that you're that you kind of like or just in general? Just to go ahead, go there, on. Go. There is a guy. I'm. Tr- give me one second. Let me see if I can find his name. It's a safety out of, I believe, out of Boston College. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, actually, Justin Simmons. Yeah, uh, B- Barry actually turned me on to him recently. Um, I went and went and took a look at him, and I-, I like his game a lot. He he's one of those players. Think of him as like athletic sincerity, and, and not the injury side of it, the good <laughs> side of it. As far as being a guy, he's really smart. He's always in position understands the game. He's not Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas is just an unbelievable athlete who's also really smart and always in position, which is why he's so good. He he doesn't have that kind of athleticism, but he's athletic enough. He can be the linchpin to a defense holding up the back end because his pursuit angles and his – better than that, his ability to predict plays, which is honestly more important – Phenomenal. Yeah. I like him a lot. I'd take so, him in the fourth. So if we, so if we wrap up the defense and look, uh, my, you know, you guys know my theory on the draft is that the Saints are going to be lucky to get two starters. I want, Carl, I want Carl Joseph. If he falls to the third round, that's the guy out of West Virginia. Oh, absolutely. Third round? The, yes, please. 
Yeah, well, he, he's to me he's the he's a prototype Sean Payton player. So here's my question though as we wrap up talking about the defense before we get to offense. If I told you guys you can get um two starters on defense and two uh let me let me rephrase it. You can get you can get yourself two starters out of the draft, offense or defense, and you can get yourself three guys that are gonna contribute. Uh, how many of them are you picking on defense? And you don't have to give me names, but just give me positions that you really want the Saints to fill. So wait, you two, go first, two starters? Yeah, you, sure. You, 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 two starters and three guys for depth? Yeah, and that's the whole okay. draft. So when we go to offense, you can't pick two more and three more. So. I want a starting defensive end and a starting guard. and then, So give me those two for sure. And then give me a rotational defensive tackle. Um, give me a rotational receiver and um, give me a backup safety that is, is quality. Brian? Um, I'll take a starting defensive tackle Okay. and a starting guard. Uh, there, there won't be any debate on that position, I don't think. Um, and then give me, let's see, three guys that rotate. Wide receiver, safety, and another defensive tackle. So no end. You're no cool end. with Bobby Richardson. <laughs> so hard. Uh, I'm this cool roster with, I'm is cool so with, bad. I'm cool with Kikeha. They're gonna move. They're gonna move him over to defensive. This end. roster is so bad. It's so bad. It's so bad. It's, <laughs> it's, so, it's bad. so bad. It's really. It's it's not that bad. It just has critical flaws at a couple of spots where they have zero talent. Well, no, that's the thing. Well, that's the problem. I mean, the. Well, you're you're an optimist. One of which is defensive tackle. You're you're an optimist, Brian. But I mean, that's the thing with the Saints. Like like whenever you make the pick, somebody like like. Andrew could come along and be like, so you're okay with Bobby Richardson at defensive end? Oh, you're okay with the the two the two guards they have? Like, no matter what position you don't fill, like, there's a gaping, flaming hole. Um, so now we go to now we go. To <laughs> All right, our- hold on. So I, I want to ask you guys this. Here's and and I know I'm guessing at the end you'll have us pick who we think is going to be drafted, Ralph. Yeah. Okay. Um. Here's my dilemma with the 12th pick. I, I want to talk about this quickly for a second because I think that's everyone who listens to this. I mean, that's the big question. Who are the Saints going to pick at 12 if they stand pat? And, you know, I, when you look at all the mock drafts, I mean, the names that keep coming up are Sheldon Rankins and, and Shaq Lawson. And I, I do believe that those two guys are the most likely scenarios if they stay at 12. And so both positions of need. I think from a value standpoint at 12, you're getting good value for those guys. I think those are both guys that will be good NFL players, and they're ready to play now. Uh, personally, I like Rankins better as a prospect. I would prefer to have Rankins on my team. The reason why I would take Lawson over Rankins is that I believe the Saints could get a defensive tackle later in the draft. Yes. And I don't believe they could get someone of comparable ability to Lawson later on and that, so that, that's why personally i lean lawson um curious if you guys agree with that i totally i totally agree i think you i think i said it before i think there's going to be a defensive tackle drafted in the third or fourth round this year that when you redraft in three years is going to be top 20 there might even be a guy that's top five that's how deep it is at defensive tackle from everything that i've read and i just think they need another defense. Their pass rush is so bad. They need they need 
Oh, they need a guy that's going to get them 8 to 10, 11 cents. Like, their pass rush is so bad. Like, it's so bad. You know? And so inconsistent, I yeah. think, is... is the, the interior pressure and lack of interior push also contributes to the ends yeah. not getting pressure because quarterbacks... Like, how many times did we see Cam Jordan almost get a sack last year? Because right the quarterback up. just took two steps forward and yeah. then hit the wide-open running yeah. back. So, that sort of... That sort of uh, completes the, the thoughts on defense. We'll get to the final the, the predictions in a minute. But now we move to offense, and, and me and Andrew were talking about this. Uh, was it Friday or, or maybe it was yesterday? I forget. Um, but the Rams traded up and went her full Herschel Walker to move up from 15 to 1 to draft a quarterback in a draft of quarterbacks that I'm like, eh. I don't see a home run at quarterback. Not for what it's the kind of interesting that they did that. It, they were the ones to give it up because the Ram. I mean, this is the same team that fleeced yeah. the Redskins. You would for think RG3. they would know better, but but yeah. but but the thing is, they're moving. Yeah, but Jeff Fisher's an idiot, and he's desperate. Like he he he's the most. The how that dude still has a job after twenty years. Like he is the definition of white privilege, if there ever was. One. Oh like, yeah. Well, like, no. The Rams. The Rams have been a quality. Their roster has been quality for years now, but they've had the, the, the combination of no. They they have had great players on that team. Great the reason players. They, ha- they have not like been. No, their roster has been good. The, the reason why that team has not had success is two reasons. Number one, they play in a division with the Cardinals, the 49ers, and the Seahawks. And over the last five years, that's been a death sentence. And number two, god-awful quarterback play. And as good as that team has been, especially defensively, and oh my god, they have Gurley now. But they still can't consistently win games because of the division they play and in, I would say Jeff, and because and their would, quarterback is and a trash. I would add three. I would say Jeff Fisher is mediocre at coach at best. Okay, but so I think no, I, it doesn't surprise. I don't agree with it, but it doesn't surprise me that they're doing this because this isn't a team and a coaching staff with a long view right now. No, Jeff Fisher know, knows he's a lame duck, and he knows that he needs quarterback performance this year or he's done. And so yeah. he's he's got to go all in on a QB. But but the thing that we were talking about Andrew that really I think it really really helps the Saints one because you know a quarterback's going number one and anytime an offensive player comes off the board before the Saints pick another a good defensive player drops. But second of all, yeah. I think but I think a quarter I think a quarterback's going to go too. I think so it's a, I think if you're a Saints fan, you're really rooting for that to happen. If they go one two, all of a sudden Paxton Lynch's value shoots way up yeah i think another that's the thing i think a team so does someone someone panics maybe trades into the top 11 and takes lynch before the saints pick, which is the dream scenario i think it's you know it's i don't think that's likely landry but i think that's why the saints are like having all these quarterbacks visit because you could have some team that wants paxton lynch that they're they get in a panic and they're like Holy shit, what if the Saints take him at 12? And they'll be like, they're not taking Paxton Lynch at 12, dude. But when a team gets on the clock and they fall in love with a player, they do stupid things. And I – I mean if, if three quarterbacks uh, go in the top ten, it's just going to be me doing gifts of, of happy people dancing. Um, That'll be a first. <laughs> I, love, I love doing gifts. Um, but here's the, here, here's the thing on, on offense – what is a guy, Brian, I'll start with you, what's a guy that if he falls to 12 on offense that you're like, is there any player on offense that could fall to 12? Any, you just, 
any player, forget like forget whether it's likely or whatever, is there any player at 12 that you would say, I don't care what is on the board as far as defense. If this offensive player falls to 12, the Saints should write his name on the card and run to the podium. I could see a scenario where I wouldn't completely lose my shit if Goff dropped it and they took him, but as far as a guy that I actually like actively want the team to have, the only one is Zeke. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott is... You talk um, about losing their mind. Oh, oh if, if Sean Payton drafts a running back in, in the first round, like... People will literally spontaneously combust. And they'll, burn, they they'll burn it to the ground. They will go to airline drive with pitchforks. Because if they didn't have Ingram, I would project it and support it. I think I think he's a better prospect than Ingram. Ingram gets hurt all the time, and Spiller gets hurt all the time. Like, it wouldn't be... Elliot it, is special, and he's a phenomenal pass protector. Like, coming out of college, which is crazy we, rare. Like, twi- okay, but, can we just agree right now that the Saints are not taking Elliott? Yes. If he, but is, is it because he's... It's like he's the take, only one I'd consider. Is he not, are they not going to take him because he's because he's not going to be there, or are they just not going to take him because they're not going to take him? I think that, they're not going to... They're not taking or running him back. If he's there, if he's, if he's there... I think it's... I think he's... I think it's... I think it's fifty-fifty that he'd be there. Maybe, maybe forty-five that how, he would be there. How? Six fifty-five, how, not. How? 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 Will you get the jitters, Andrew? If he's on the, if he's there at twelve, will you get, will you get the jitters a little? Oh, I'll be sucking my thumb in the fetal position. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be like, if he's a good player, it's not a bad pick. But man, Saints Twitter because Saints just find running oh, backs off the scrap yeah. heap. Man, Saints Twitter will lose their mind. Like it will be, it'll be fun. But for me, because here, here's the thing for me, it's this roster. When I mean, we've just gone through this and talked yes. about how many holes this team has, and if you're gonna ignore the 31st overall defense, to take Zeke, it it better be for a receiver or guard. And 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 really, if it's and, or or a top-rated quarterback that's replacing Drew Brees, long time. And 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 if you're ignoring defense and those three things, then I mean, I almost don't care how good the player is. I think you know, Brian. The, the thing about offense, and we'll get to the tackles and, and wide receivers in a second. But but golf is interesting because his, his what people think about him is all across the board. Um. What's your opinion of Goff as a, as a player? I don't think there's a great quarterback in this draft. I also think he's the best quarterback in this draft by a mile. Um, Wentz, I don't think Wentz will be ready for two years minimum. And he looks great in shorts. Uh, I watched enough of him where I, I don't I don't see what all the hype is about him is honestly other than, well, he's big and he's strong and he's got a great arm. Yeah, yeah we I'm, I'm with you. Well, I, think, I, think, I think Goff is the best quarterback. Here's in the interesting – Go ahead. Go ahead, Brian. My favorite thing about Goff was actually what a lot of people think was his worst game this year, I think, was his best, if I'm looking at him as an NFL prospect, and that was the game against Utah. I think he threw five picks in that game. Now, three of them, honestly, were, were, were on the receiver. Like, one guy fell down, one guy just completely ran the yeah. wrong route. Um, like, a, a few other things happened, but it was the way he approached throwing those picks and then came right back out, threw another touchdown, like, okay, fine, I made a mistake. I don't yeah, care. I'm still winning this the, game. The one that says more to me than anything. You know, and the, the, and I was listening. I was driving home Friday, 
and uh, Danny Cannell on ESPN Radio made a really good point about golf. He said, you know, the thing that I, the reason why I like golf better is because South Dakota State, they've won five national championships in a row. They won when Wentz was hurt, and he's never had really adversity. Golf got the crap kicked out of him his first year, and they went like 1-10 or 1-11. So, like, he has overcome adversity. Like, the offensive line was crummy, and he got hit a lot and still had to, like, figure it out. And, like, that is a good thing because when you get to the NFL, you're going to have to overcome adversity because you're probably not going to a good team. Um, but, Andrew, let's play um, scenarios. If the Saints picked golf at 12, on a scale of 1 to 1,000, where would Saints Twitter be in losing their minds? 999. <laughs> <laughs> the I, one would beat Nick Underhill because he predicted it. Yeah, that's right. He predicted he really did? Well, him and um, uh, Joel, Joel Erickson. Joel yeah. Erickson did uh, like a, a live mock draft uh, article, and Nick was like totally acknowledged that he's throwing out a crazy theory, but he predicted golf at twelve. So like he'd be the one person like called it. Yeah, I mean it. It, it would sort of have like a like a Deuce McAllister feel. It's not the same position, yeah. obviously, but but I remember when Deuce McAllister they had uh, they had a trade where Kansas City traded for traded for Trent Green and gave up the number one. I forgot who it was, but there was a team, and they were like, they need to pick a running back, and they didn't pick Deuce. And I, I turned uh, to my mom and dad at the time, and I was like, the Saints are going to pick Deuce because my mom and dad are huge Ole Miss fans. And well, like, it's kind of like the Packers taking Aaron Rodgers yeah. too. Yeah, and uh, it just it just sort of fell that way. But um, on offense, I mean, the, other, the guy that Saints fans were really enamored with uh, was uh, Treadwell. From yep. Ole Miss, yep. um, is he a guy that if he's there at twelve, you'd be okay with the Saints taking him? I, I personally, I know Brian is not a huge fan of Treadwell and does would not want the Saints to pick him at twelve. I, I'm a big fan of Treadwell, and I, I just think he's one of those guys where, you know, I don't really care how he did at the combine, and I, that that doesn't matter to me. I think the production speaks for itself. He's tough. He can catch. He's he's just I mean you know you look at Jarvis Landry and and how he how that's working out for him despite having a bad combine I know Treadwell is going to be a stud in the NFL um, for me I just I don't really I wouldn't want to pass on Rankins or Lawson to take Treadwell but if both of those guys are gone then yeah absolutely I'm considering Treadwell Treadwell very seriously Treadwell's probably the only realistic offensive player that I'm okay with. And I, I say realistic because I don't think Goff is there. I don't think Elliott's there. Um, you know, to be honest with you, I don't know that I would even take Tunsil at 12, even if he was available. So, uh, and that's not that he's not an awesome player. I just, you know, the Saints have three tackles. So no, and for his me, it can be turnstile Tunsil. That's right. Uh, <laughs> so, so I, I kind of like the treadmill pick personally. Brian. Not my favorite, not my first choice, but I wouldn't hate it. Brian, you hate Treadwell. I actually don't, and I don't get where this is coming from. I've said, like, and, and I, mean, I mean this, like, on Twitter. I've said Treadwell is a phenomenal player, like, a billion times. And all everyone here is when I say I want nothing to do with him. I, I can have two thoughts in my head at the same time, guys. You just don't want Laquan to Treadwell, the prospect, in a vacuum – I'd take Treadwell at, at, at 12 and say, yes, please. He's a near-perfect fit for the offense. He could do, Him, Fleener, and Cooks on the field at the same time with Ingram in the backfield, 
would have defensive coordinators shitting themselves on a play-by-play basis. No question. The problem is if I'm looking at the no. value and what it does to the team relative to what I can get later, a high-quality defensive player in the first round, like a Lawson, like an Ogba, like yeah. a Rankins, and a couple of other guys, one of which is guaranteed to be there at that spot. Treadwell isn't enough better than a couple of receivers that easily could be there in the second, the third, or even the fourth rounds to fit this offense and this team to make me say, who's, it, who's it, give me a forget give, making. The okay, well, Brian, Brian, I think Ogba at twelve. It, I think it's a, Tread, Treadwell at twelve is a defensible pick. He's a guy that is good enough to be picked in that spot. Ogba to me at twelve is a huge reach. So you're telling me if Lawson's gone, if Rankins is gone, you're taking Ogba over Treadwell. Ogba day one is easily as good of a pass rusher as Cam Jordan. So at at worst, pass rush wise, you probably at least have someone opposite Cam who's as good as he is and gives him some help. The question for Ogba is consistency with technique. But when he's on, he's just absolutely unstoppable. Yeah, I, okay. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I don't but, agree with that. Like, personally. Treadwell's the better player, no question. Like, the better pick at 12, it's it's Treadwell. But is it the better pick for the whole team? And well, that's really where the well, problem of a, this being a really weak edge class comes in. Well, and it's the Saints, it's the Saints roster, too. You just, they, they, you're, you're, you're so desperate to fill these gaping holes at, and on defense. You feel like, well, they can kind of get by at wide receiver. But here's the thing, like... I don't like with with Colson gone. You look, it's Brandon Cooks and Sneed and ugh, that's it. You know, and I know those are the proven guys. And I know people are like, well, they'll figure it out. You know what? I worry about it. If if Sneed would go down or Cooks would go down, I worry that they would have. You, you know, you gotta have confidence. Don't forget Fleener. He's basically a receiver. Yeah, I mean, but who's a guy? Who Andrew? Who's a guy in the in the in the like? later in the draft that receiver that you would want them to grab yeah i mean i see a lot of mocks having uh well both michael thomas's but the one from ohio state i I see a lot of mocks with him going to the saints in the second round and you know i don't hate it but again it's like yeah they need a guard they need a pass rusher they need a defensive tackle so i mean as long as they are confident they can get someone else i mean i like that pick i mean you look later on um there's just a lot this this draft as far as receivers are concerned um there's not a lot that stick out to me i i don't think this is a class at receiver i'm not going to say it sucks because there's a lot of guys that but but it's just it's a class full of guys that do one thing well and so you've got a lot of your big guys that that don't catch that well and can't really run but they're huge and you've got your your speedsters who have either been nicked up or they have some issues off the field. And then you've got your guys with great hands and great routes, but they're too small. And, and it's just the whole draft is littered with all these receivers that are good at one thing. Where do you guys think the quarterback from Ohio State I disagree with go? that a little bit. Where do you um, – go ahead, Ryan. Quarter, quarterback from – so uh, Cardell Jones? No, no, the, the guy they switched to wide receiver who I'm blanking on his name. Oh, oh, Braxton Miller. Oh, Braxton, Braxton Miller. Miller. I wouldn't touch him till the fourth round, but I think he'll go in the second. I agree. Um, and I pray to 
that it's not the Saints. But agreed. But, and if it is the Saints, I hope he lives up to all of his upside. Yeah. But please don't let it be him. Please don't <laughs> let it be us. Who's who's a guy? I mean, because you, like you say, Andrew, there's guys that do one thing well. But who's a guy, Brian? Because I feel like the Saints. Brandon Cooks, yeah, he he's 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 he's, he, he's got speed, but he doesn't have size. And I feel like when you look at the Saints, sometimes you can see like Drew Brees can't see him, and he doesn't. He hits him deep sometimes, but I think they need a they need like a Devery Henderson type guy. Who's a guy in this draft, Brian, that can be that guy that they could get third, fourth round that you like? I mean, if you're just looking speed, um, and really, and really, actually, just in general, he he'd be a guy I would I would love to get. Um, there's um, Kenny Lawler at a Cal. If you're just looking for a guy that can go deep and Saints make great plays out. on the ball, um, but but right. but my guy is uh, the actual the other Michael Thomas. I think he's out of Mississippi State. Um, he just might be. I, I'd probably have him as the third best receiver in this draft. If I, if I'm just looking at the players. Wow. I, I think he might. Be. I, I I personally, this is this is my personal opinion. I think Doxson's the best receiver in the draft, very closely followed by Treadwell, and then I think there's a pretty big gap. And, and I would actually put um, Michael Thomas at number three, personally. Uh, Andrew, the Michael Thomas from Southern Miss. Yeah, yeah not the one from Ohio State. I, I like him, but between the two players, I I take the one from Southern. You know, Miss. Mike Thomas from Southern Miss. I mean, his. His, um, his his like um, predictions about where he'll fall are all over the place. You've got some that that show him as a seventh round pick. You've got some that show, show him in the third. I mean, it, it's it's interesting that he he's probably I would say if I were to pick one guy in the entire NFL draft um, who is is more most all over the place in terms of no one. Everyone seems to have Why a really hard time figuring out where that? he belongs. It's him. Why? Um, I mean, he's got size and speed. I, I think the main issue with him is the drops. I mean, he's uh, just struggled to. He, he just has. He's had major issues with that in college. And you know, he played at Southern Miss, so you know, part of it's just quarterback and you know, the on catching balls, him. he somehow managed yeah. to get his hand on, but that counts as a drop. I mean, I right. know was some of it. I know the Saints but, have three yeah. tackles. But do you think they would draft another one, Brian? And I think they'd take a guy who can play. Like Only if he can play guard. Like Whitehair would be a perfect example because he can play both. Uh, Vader Alexander is another guy. He can play both. Then you can take the player because if you liked Pete at guard and you think he can actually be good there, and he looked okay. To be, to be honest, he looked like he could become a, a pretty decent guard, and obviously Pete's physical tools are through the roof. So, I mean, I think honestly for him it's mentality. If, if he can learn to play more aggressively, he, he could be dominating. But those guys would give you the option of either you move Pete over, and if Pete just can't do it he needs to be a tackle, you can move them in and you know they'll be fine at guard. So those kind of players, yeah, but a, a pure tackle – no, like I, I saw one mock draft had us like taking like Conklin or something. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> stop, stop, uh, stop smoking. Stop smoking um, weed, you dumbass. So, I mean, final thoughts on on uh, offense. We're kind of all agreed that they better get a guard. Um, but if they, or two or two, but if let's say they address guard and nothing else on offense, are we okay with it? Yes. Yeah. Right. I, I'd like I, I, I want a receiver, but Guard, I'll live with it. Please. 
if they if if if, if we have to go uh, with uh, Calumete and Lolito at guard, like I'm just like I'm gonna have so many people unfollow me and block me. Uh, or I'm gonna do blocking in in August because it's, I'm just gonna be like I just I'm well, not the, the Saints aren't the Saints aren't gonna be blocking that's for no, sure. No, and I'm just Dude, like I, I'm just not gonna I'm just not going to engage in the it's gonna be okay conversation with certain people in the media or whoever that are gonna tell me that it's gonna be okay. Like I just I won't I won't listen to it. I, I just you know um, it's gonna be like the Pelican bloggers that say oh, they're not gonna get injured this year. Yeah, they're right. Sure. Or, yeah. you know, I mean, it'll be it's just like they can't they can't go into they can't go into 2016 with the two guards they have. They just can't. They just can't. Um, so special teams, they signed Scobie. Uh, do we feel do, are, are, are they not going to do anything at kicker, Andrew? I don't think so. Uh, you know, the, the mock before the Scobie signing, uh, the mock drafts had. I feel like all the Saints Twitter mock drafts had um, Aguayo from Florida State going to the Saints in the fifth round. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a, there's a couple good kickers out there. The kid from Maryland, the kid from Duke, um, are both decent kickers. So yeah. there's some talent out there. I just personally, I mean, you'll remember they brought they they've brought two kickers to camp pretty much every year. Um, I don't I can't really remember a time where one. they've they brought three, Man, but they cut the wrong one. So yeah, but but I feel like last year they tried going with two young guys and, and just rolling the dice, and and it didn't really work out. Yeah. So, but but I mean, I think uh, four bath. They've got Scobie, and I think they're just saying, you know what, we're going veteran this year. Yeah, I think that's fair. You don't think they've never brought, they've never had three? You can't. I mean, they've never no, had I three. Think, no, I I think they they bring two in camp, so I think these are the two guys battling for the job. So, um, I guess that wraps up both sides of the ball. But before we get to, before we get to the prediction, give me Brian. I'll start with you. Give me a fun prediction of a player that you look at and you're like, he is going to go ridiculously high. And I think he's going to be terrible. And God, I hope an NFC South team, not the Saints, takes him. I've got just that guy, too. <laughs> A'shaun Robinson, captain, over-fucking-rated. I kind of like him, personally. I can't, I can't. His technique is shit. He plays too vertical. Like, in the weight room, the guy's a monster. And I think his maturity is great. But unless he goes to a team that also has a dominant defensive line around him so his three or four good plays a game stand out i'm so i don't want any i don't think he's a difference maker in the third round i'd love him i'd draft him in a second in the third round first round his technique is poor his motors meh his endurance is eh like there's nothing about robinson especially in this draft class like oh god i hope atlanta takes him (laughs) i would be so happy if atlanta takes him because I just can't, I just can't wait to watch them drag him out into space and just see him huffing and puffing, beard hanging out of his helmet, watching someone streak down the field away from him. Andrew, do you have a guy that you <sighs> see? This makes me nervous because I feel like you're going to play this tape in a few years when he's like a Hall of Famer after three seasons. <laughs> I liked, I liked Vic Beasley, so I can't, I, you know, he ended up. Not I, I being did that too. Him, so so I, I, yeah. Know. 
If I had to say one guy that I think is going to end up sucking, I'd have to go. I'm going to go with Ronnie Stanley, the tackle from Ooh, Notre Dame. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. Because I hate Notre Dame. Uh, <laughs> my my choice is, I think whatever quarterback the Rams pick is going to be atrocious. <laughs> just because, just because the Rams, they don't, oh, well, yeah, they, Wentz they don't know what is a good pick. They don't yeah, know what I, they're. Well, yeah, I think, I yeah. think, I think Wentz is a guy. Like, what is he? Like, why is he going number one? Seriously, like, I could maybe see it like in the first round or second. Like, what makes him number one overall? Like, I don't get it at all. I, I could possibly. Th- this is dark horse prediction. I think he's going to be good. But I don't know why I, I just I could see Bosa not working out, at least I, not being as amazing I, as everyone thinks. I read a guy on Sports Nation, Stephen White. He played defensive line for the Bucks, and he he breaks guys down by film. And he gave his thing with Bosa was he thinks Bosa is a finished product, and he's his technique is already perfect, and he's maximized his body as good as it can get, and he is a finished product and he is going to be a really solid to good nfl player but he is not going to be a hard to get better he's not going to be a guy that if you pick him third like if you if the saint we love cam jordan but if the saints had picked cam jordan third would be like "Eh, kind of a disappointment you know he's just you know yeah my attempts to defend him on twitter would be almost impossible Because I, I I go to bat for Cam Jordan like every other week. But I mean someone... the the thing is for me though if like if if whatever if they reveal you know like if Bosa would somehow fall to twelve like I would be doing backflips if the Saints got him because I yeah. like he's he's a ready made plug and play like if there's a guy that I'm I'm not I don't think Bosa is going to be great but if you told me pick one guy that's not going to be a bust I would pick him. I agree with you that. Know? Um, Ralph, did we have Twitter questions? We did, and that's what I'm going to get to now. Okay. So um, this is from Dale. Am I the only one who thinks any offensive skill position missing is the the Devery Henderson bomb wide receiver? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's the thing is, it's weird with the Saints is their offense is their offense was so you know still in the top ten last year, so. Uh, they still top scored five. top five. They still scored a ton of. They weren't points wise, but I mean, they was they were still yeah. great. Some of that has to do with the defense, though, like yeah. where you start drops, things like that. Um, but I don't. know. I mean, I I think I think they're gonna get, they're gonna get a wide receiver down just because the drop off is so. And I'm not a I, I, Brandon Cooks is is interesting, but God, if he's playing every week and having to start because of an injury, oh, that scares me. Um, so you mean Coleman? Coleman, Brandon Coleman, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like he's trying to antagonize me. Yeah, this is a, this is a fun question for you, uh, uh, Brian. This is from Mike Jones. Biggest draft, bigger draft risk: Robert Nikemdichi or Jalen Smith? Ooh, I like that question. Um, Jalen Smith, I don't like the pick because of how many needs we have this year. If the doc, I'll, I'll put it this way: if the doctor says 100% guarantee. He will come back at minimum 85% of the player he was. I'd take him, and okay, fine. I don't get to see him for a year, but 85% of that player the is only, still really only, good. There's only one team. I, I don't year. think Kim is going to be good at all. 
There's o- there's only one team that should take Jalen Smith in the first three rounds, and that's Tennessee because they have yeah. nine of the first eighty picks. So yeah. or, or, New or, or the Patriots. Yeah. yeah. So if they yeah because yeah. they've gone to ten they've gone to ten and and AFC championships the last fifteen years. But Tennessee, Tennessee is building. So if they want to take Jalen Smith in the third round with one of their three third round picks and say, you know what, we're registering and we're waiting until twenty seventy, that's cool. But they they don't have a thirty eight year old quarterback. Um, but I think uh, the bigger risk to me is Jalen Smith because his knee is wrecked. He might not ever play at all. I think Nikemdichi is going to play for five or ten years. He might not be anything more than just a replacement level guy if he's a kind of a bust, but Jalen Smith might not play at all because his knee is freaking wrecked. Um, That's fair. Uh, <laughs> Andrew, who, who mispronounces names worse on draft night, Ralph or Roger Goodell? Mariota, <laughs> not Mariota. Definitely Ralph. Oh, yeah. We should we, – we, somebody tweeted the, the Ralph Nightmare Goodell just draft. gets paid better. Yeah. <laughs> somebody tweeted out – this is like a month ago – the Ralph Nightmare draft. They did a seven-round draft. And it was pretty on, and it was like Nikem Dichi and just all these horrible names that I would just butcher all the hell. And I favored it, but I couldn't pull it up. Um, this is another one. Uh, Brian, do you see Vernon Butler as a fit for us? If so, pick at 12 or trade down candidate. I think he'll be special. I completely agree on him being special. Um, and if you trade it down, um, yeah. No, I mean, especially like like Andrew was talking earlier, if you ended up in the mid to low to mid, mid to high 20s, um, yeah, I'd take him absolutely, especially if you could pick up like an extra second. Um, just for example, example, Tennessee wanted to move back up. You know, they've got picks galore, and so they were willing to throw in a second to make absolutely sure they got their guy. Oh, absolutely. Like, I, I love Butler's game. I think he can play, I think he can play the one and the three. Um, he's got power. He's got a, a real knack for getting into the backfield. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But not at 12. This is would you would you would you 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 prefer Rankins to Butler, Brian? That's tough. I think would Rankins you, is the better passer. I think would, Butler would you, Butler's the better player. Both of you, real quick, would you would you rather ranking Rankins or Vernon Butler in a second round pick, or Vernon Butler in another draft pick? For Vernon Butler, Andrew. Wait, right, say you, that again. You can have Rankins at twelve. Or you can have uh-huh. Vernon Butler and another draft pick. Oh, you're guaranteeing me that Butler's available at two? Well, no, I'm, I'm saying the Saints are going to trade down from 12, and they're going to uh-huh. pick Vernon Butler wherever, but they're going to get another extra draft pick, be it a second oh, or third. Oh, no, I mean, I mean, anytime you trade down, yeah, I'll take Butler. Yeah. yeah. This is from Stout Drinker. I like this question. Andrew, Saints <laughs> trade first and second round picks to move up to number four to draft Bosa. Which meme describes your reaction? <laughs> oh, God. One that just says, why? What's I think the, it would uh, be the explosive who, vomit from the who's exorcist. The, who's, the, uh, yeah, who's, yeah. who's the actress in the Hunter, in the Hunger Games? Je- uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. They have a, a gif of her where she's at the Academy Awards and she like got mad at a reporter and she just went okay and like really mad. That's that would be my gif. Just <laughs> over. I would just tweet it over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, this is another question. Uh, my, tra- my my gif my gif would my gif would be a dude falling on a sword. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good oh, one. Man. Or the, the no the Black Knight. Tis but a fish wound. This is final question from uh, Don Tanaka. Uh, 
Actually, no, this is another one from Stout Trigger. Treadwell, Doxon, Lawson, or Rankins at 12. Gamble on Jalen Smith in the third. Cool with that, guys? No. No, J- Jalen Smith J- is... Jalen in the third is a breaker for me. He's... Fifth, I consider it, but anything before that, hell no. And he's and he's going to go in the first three rounds. Some yeah. someone will 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 go for that, and it shouldn't be the Saints. No, no, it just you, you know you. Here's a here's a thing is it's the, the NFL draft is hard enough if you have it's hard enough to pick good players that are healthy when you throw in a guy who and his isn't like the. Miles Jack, like run of the mill, even like he tore his ACL late in the year. Like he tore, you know, like if he'd have torn his 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 ACL in the bowl game, you know, you mm-hmm. you, be, you he's gonna it's gonna take him ten months to get healthy, but he'll be good to go in 2017. Jalen Smith, like he wrecked his knee in a way that like you don't know if he's ever going to play again. It's like what happened to Lattimore. Yes, and Lattimore. Who- didn't play again. He didn't play again. San Francisco picked him in the fourth round, and he did not play again. Um, and every time, you know, uh, I just tweet out, like, uh, the, the Patriots drafted easily a couple years ago late in the first round, and they cut him. And he was injured all the time in college. And they rolled the dice. He was great upside. And I just tweet that out. Every time I read about that, I just tweet, Exhibit C, why the Saints shouldn't take Jalen yeah. Smith. Um, yeah. So now it's prediction. I mean, ser- seriously, do me a favor, people on Twitter – and don't ever send me again. ACL injuries aren't even that bad anymore. <laughs> Please spare me. Like, oh, did you did you see how Adrian Peterson came back? You know, with, with technology these days, ACLs aren't even that big of a deal. J- just stop it. AP's yeah. a freak of nature. Number one, he's not of this earth. Two, yeah, no, he, he's not. Adrian Peterson is just. Mind-boggling talent. Two, the dude might have nerve damage. Bingo. Yeah. All right. Prediction time. Um, Andrew, give me your prediction of what the Saints do at twelve. You can include a trade down. Give me, give me what you want them to do, and then give me what you think they'll do. I want them to trade down, hundred percent. I want more picks, um, and I think. As the years go on, and maybe it's the years of influence of Kevin, um, but I, I am becoming more of the philosophy of how the Seahawks and 49ers you, have done such a great you, job of building would you Patriots. Be, are you going to be okay with – because a lot of people in, in, a, in, a, in sort of a vacuum, they say, oh, yeah, I'm cool with trading now. But they really kind of have these players that they have their crush on. And I was guilty of it in the past. Yeah. No, no. I, I think oh. you know if both if Bosa or Miles Jack fall to twelve, then that changes things. Of course, if if there's a guy that's so good that you just can't pass it up. But like, but Lawson and, and Rankins, as much as I love those guys, um, I I would prefer to trade down, move down to seventeen, hope that one of those guys falls to you. But if they don't, then okay, you take Billings or you, know, you take someone else. You take Treadwell, and you get the extra pick. Um, so uh, that that's my preference. I don't think the Saints will trade down. I think they'll take a player at 12. Um, who do they take? I, I, I per- personally prefer Shaq Lawson, but I think they go Rankins. Yeah. Um, Brian, what do you want them to do? What do you think they're going to do? Okay. So what I want them to do is trade down a few spots 
Um, just because of the way things have moved around the top, I think there's going to be a team that's going to want a couple of players. I think there's a chance that Treadwell is there. Um, honestly, I think Kelly's going to take him at seven for San Francisco, so Saints fans won't be able to whine about it by the time 12 happens anyway. Mm-hmm. But if you he's think there... Tre- do you think Treadwell has gone at seven? Yeah, I, I think uh-huh. I think Treadwell's going to go at seven. Uh, I think mm-hmm. he fits what Kelly wants just to a T. Mm-hmm. And he also frees up Tory Smith. I think it's just a good fit for the for what they they're going to want to do. But um, I don't know. I could I could see Minnesota. I could see New York. Um, I could see Detroit. Any one of those teams wanting to move up. Um, so I, ideally, you know, move down, get a, a third. You know, I mean, if you could get a second, God God bless you. But if you could get a third or or even a fourth, just get an extra pick. Um, that would probably be my ideal. Take a player like um, Billings or or Kenny Clark or. or or Ogba at that spot, um, someone who still fills a need has pretty uh, has a high enough floor where you know they're at least going to be a pretty good player, and then take that extra pick and build up the depth in this roster so they so desperately need. What I think is going to happen, I think the Saints are going to take Billings at twelve. Here's what what I want them to do is trade down, trade down, trade down. I'd love them to like trade down like four times, like into like with like twenty eight. Like yeah, 20, just get, get like get like 17 picks in the fourth wait, round. No, just as many picks in the top 120 as they can get, and just because I think like the players are they're they're these teams they don't really they they say they know what they're doing and they kind of do but not really. And I would prefer to have uh, just more picks and just reach into a bag and pull out a name than the scouts that really know what they're doing and just have to pick like four name like draft the guys they want. That's what I want them to do. What I think they're going to do is I'm going to tell you, Wentz is going one, Goff is going two, Tunsil's going three to San Diego, uh, Dallas is going to pick Ramsey, the Jaguars are going to pick uh, not Joey Bosa, and then the Saints are going to get on the phone with the goddamn Baltimore Ravens and Ozzie Smith, and they are, are uh, Ozzie Newsome, and they're going to trade up, and they're going to get get Bosa, and they're going to give up a second, and we're going to lose our points. Quick question on the second: Is it this year's second? Yes. Or next year's second? Yes, it'll be this year's second. They're okay, because tra- if it's next year's second, I'm actually okay with that. They're going to trade. They're going to trade up, and they're going to give probably a second round pick, maybe another pick, and they're going to get Bosa, and they're going to go out to the press conference, and they're going to say. He's the guy that's going to fix our defense. We're putting all the eggs in the bag. He's too tremendous. He was number one on our board. We had to do it. We had to do it. And me and Kevin are going to lose our minds. That's Sean Payton never explains his moves that much. Sean Payton just goes, deal with it. <laughs> that's what, that, well, no, we'll talk about injuries on Wednesday. That's what they'll leak to Triplett and Underhill. Like when they read you, it. You guys, are, you guys are making me sad. It's going to be. Sorry. You're going to be sad. But I'm going to, when it happens, I'm just going to play this tape over and over again every podcast <laughs> and drink. That's, uh, what, that's what I'm going to do. But it's going to be sad. So uh, that's, my, uh, that's my prediction. I'm feeling really bad right now. So I'm three for my last four for the first round for the Saints. And if it wasn't for Cleveland sucking, I'd be four for four. So <laughs> I, I'm hoping the streak continues, but we'll see. Yeah. So go Wait, to say, you're th- you, I'm three for four. I called Vicaro. I called the Cooks trade, which was total dumb luck. But I'm st- I'm still keeping that. And yeah, no, I called I called, uh, I called Cooks. Anthony I called Vicaro. 30. Oh yeah, I did not call him. Yeah, but you had a sad. I called Anthony at 31, and then I had um um God, what's that boy's name? Yeah, but I'm Andrew, be honest with the people. You had a sad when they picked Vicaro because you wanted um, Star. Jar- was it 
Star, oh, I, thought, star, I, yeah. I, I thought Lotulele was going like third overall. I couldn't believe he fell that far. I would far. have loved Lotulele, but yeah, that that definitely hurt. Although I I, uh, I totally took a shot at uh, John. You guys remember when everybody wanted uh, what was his name Jenkins that ended up going to Pittsburgh uh, when we got Vaccaro? Yeah. Oh, I wanted no part of him. Yeah. Yeah, no. I didn't. I didn't either. And I, I remember how many ridiculous Twitter fights so he, he got off, into, which he is was, he was off the Saints board. Because of yeah, and he should have been because of neck injury, but so you because he couldn't. Play. We we did this draft, and we're probably all horribly wrong, but I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, go to Saints Nation, <laughs> read both of these knuckleheads; they're awesome. They have draft previews, you do everything you want. Andrew's on this site, I think Brian is too, where you can do you can run like a mock draft, and you can trade up, you can trade down, um, and they're just spitting out mock drafts all the time, which is phenomenal. So go there, get your draft fix. So for Brian, for Andrew. Uh, until next week, the bar is closed. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.